Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Roundtable 2.0. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I'm here with my awesome guest, who used to be my former co-host. How are you doing, Megan? Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Frights of the Roundtable 2.0 world. (laughs) You were the one who came up with that title, too, so uh, I'll always always love you for that. (laughs) I love that it's continuing on, yes. How are you? Yeah. Good. Um, good. It's been a. It's actually, well. It's been what, like a month since we actually like physically met, you know, or so. I think it was like last month, right? Or was it in January? Jeez. <laughs> like how long ago was it? <laughs> oh, oh God, days are kind of going by. I remember. It was February because we met at an ice cream place that had February flavors that we tried. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's how you know. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's definitely. It's definitely a month ago then. <laughs> Um, so how are you been? What you been up to? Yeah, well, so first of all, I want to say congratulations on having the podcast again. I obviously love this show, and I love you, and I'm so glad that you get to do it again. Um, and I want you to tell me about the new co-host who I don't get to meet, but tell me about her. <laughs> ah, I'm kind of mad. Um, she unfortunately had to do a root canal today, and she forgot it was today. So sadly, Anna oh can, can't make it. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's going to want to do the podcast while having a root after the root canal. So, you know, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> You're right. Jeez. Um, so, but yeah, no, she, uh, but she's definitely, um, she did want me to ask you about ridiculousness. So maybe she'll hear about it and everything. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you I forgot that I did that because it was a little bit ago, but um, a long story short is that I got to be a quote-unquote co-host of Ridiculousness, which is a show on MTV where they show viral videos, um, and I got to kind of replace CeeLo, their host, for a segment of the show, um, which is amazing because I just love, you know, being on TV and like making jokes and like on ridiculous, they just like joke about viral videos. And so it was definitely a perfect format. Um, but what's been really cool is even though I was only on the show for like, I don't know, let's say like six minutes, they rerun that episode a lot, I guess. And so I'm constantly getting people on Instagram being like, are you that girl from ridiculousness? And I'm always so proud to say, yes, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, so I, yeah. I have a question about that then. Now, now I have a question because you said you were a co-host for it and that it was a lot of jokes about viral videos. Did, was there a lot of planning for that or was it like kind of improv? Okay, so what had happened was they were doing some sort of – I got invited to come to a taping of the show and they said we're going to do a contest where you can compete with some other people um, to be a guest host for an episode. And part of that contest was I had to, you know, pop a balloon in between my legs and eat a hot dog with a whole bunch of crap on it and, like, marshmallow, peanuts, weird stuff, um, like sign, pretend to sign on. I had to do a lot of crazy, silly stuff. And so because of that, I won, which was amazing. I won the contest. I wanted it really bad. And then when I got to the show, I thought that there, like, I assumed that Rob, who's the host, Rob Dudek, and, like, Chanel West Coast and CeeLo, that they have scripts and they talk about jokes and things they say ahead of time. And there was none of that. There was zero prep. None of them saw the videos ahead of time. What you see on the show is them actually seeing the videos for the first time. Um, Holy crap. Which was a little nerve-wracking to me because I also thought I'd get to see the videos ahead of time to kind of think of what I wanted to say. But I didn't. I saw it nope. as it was happening, um, so that definitely tested my improv skills. But it was still a really cool experience. But I definitely give them more credit now, knowing that like it is all off the top of their head. It's not like they've got some writers crew who's like stopping and starting, saying, "Oh, try this." It's all them. <laughs> did it teach you anything about improv? Like, did you learn anything from that experience? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was caught off guard. I learned to not swear within the first like second of talking because <laughs> I got on the show I don't even swear that much but for whatever reason maybe I was just nervous and like MTV's edgy I don't know but within the first like couple words that came out of my mouth I swore and when you watch the show they have to bleep it out and I'm like oh my god like my mom and dad would be so proud the first words I say on TV like on that episode are like bleeped out um, so my, my learning from it was you know Calm down. Maybe maybe think a little bit more before you speak. Uh, but no, it's great right. experience, and I really hope to do it again. But yeah, it wasn't the most classy moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably something they will remember. You know, like, yes, exactly. at least it's something. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> okay. So um, I also want to talk because I looked, I looked at your, um, you know, your YouTube uh, channel that you have that you have a bunch of your, like, mm-hmm. reels and, and different stuff that you have, including, like, um, you you have your, uh, lo- like, um, theater reel, which is pretty neat. Like, I, I guess oh, that yeah. was a while ago, you know, that you did that. But that's awesome. Um, can you yeah, tell us about your, like, theater experience? Definitely. Um, so, yes, as I live in L.A. currently, um, film, television actress, uh, in a lot of horror films, which is why I'm like a guest on this and why I used to co-host because I also just love the horror community. Um, but before I moved to Los Angeles, I grew up in New York and I went to college in Niagara Falls, New York um, at a university called Niagara University. And they didn't have necessarily film acting as a degree, but they did have theater performance. And I just wanted to get a degree in any type of acting that I could um, and I just love acting in general and theater has always been my first love. Cause when you're a kid, you know, you're not making movies at age five when you're growing up in Buffalo, New York, you're like doing community theater. So it was always kind of my first 
introduction to acting. And so to get to go to school for that and get my degree in that um, was amazing and a great foundation. And obviously theater and film are different skill sets, but I do feel like there's a lot of overlap and I'm really proud of my theater background. Um, but yeah, so that's why I have a theater reel as well. Well, are you going to do more theater? So here's the thing, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> theater doesn't pay as much as film and television. And honestly, I would do anything in the world that involves acting. So if I was offered theater jobs, for sure. But unfortunately, out in Los Angeles, those opportunities are fewer, and they don't necessarily pay the bills the way that film and television does. I think a dream would be once I'm a little bit more successful in the film industry to be a little bit bi-coastal and maybe do some straight plays on Broadway in New York and then also film. Um, but for now, I think just because I want to be able to live off of acting, I don't think I can really right. focus on theater right now. But there are some people who are able to make it work. And I also think those, although I can sing, I'm not like, don't have Idina Menzel type voice. So I think if you have an incredible voice, you may be more successful because there's so many more musical opportunities. And I've always just preferred straight plays. And that's a lot harder to make a a financial career out of. Yeah, definitely. Um, But you do have a great voice. I mean, also on that, um, uh, on the YouTube channel, you can hear some of your covers, which I think is pretty neat. You know, right. You have a couple. Yeah. So uh, if anyone wants to do that, I think it was like Meg Deanna Smith or something on, uh, YouTube, like people can look yep. it up and mm-hmm. check out some of your some of your reels. And you have a comedy and a drama reel, which I think is cool. But you need to put a hard horror reel in there. You know, oh my like, gosh, come I never on now. thought about. Dude, that's an amazing <laughs> idea. I come up with some of those uh, occasionally. You know, especially oh when it comes God. to horror. You know, that's all I'm thinking about. It's like oh I'm like she's got a comedy and a drama reel, but where's her Where's her like getting scared and running away and you know, all that? Like oh, we need we need to see that shit. Oh my god! Yes, Actually, we're gonna hang up and I'm gonna start working on that because I also have done a lot of like horror short films and things. I actually have a lot of footage that I could like, I don't know, put together and make a horror reel. You're genius, Jonathan. <laughs> all right, I want credit Genius. on that reel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I'll get um, uh, like okay, I want to want to tell you something funny though. I I put a producer's reel up, right? And I got a lot of flack what? for it because there is no such thing as a producer's reel. There's a director's reel. There's a or whatever. But I was like, I have so many like projects that I've like just produced that I didn't direct, you know, that or yeah. or that I might have wrote, you know. But I don't want to put a writer's reel, you know. Like I think a producer's reel sounds a little better. So I put that up there, and I got a lot of flack from uh, from people for it, like going, "What? There's no such thing as a producer's reel." And I'm like, "Well, now there is." <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, that's so funny. When you said that, I immediately was like, "Oh, I've never heard of that. How interesting!" But I guess there's a reason I've never heard of it. Right? No, literally, I, I don't think people do that because I guess technically producers don't need reels, you know, because people aren't. Like it's not like casting or hiring, you know, like they're usually already hired, mm-hmm. you know, or thought out, you know, they don't need a reel, but I was like, I just want to show off some of the stuff that I produce that like, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that I didn't direct and I didn't act in and I didn't, that I might've wrote, you know? So like that, um, you know what? It's up there and it's mine. And, you know, if nobody else wants to do one, that's fine with me. Yeah, exactly. Just own it. Well, wait, is there such thing as a, pardon my ignorance, but is there such thing as a writer's reel though too? Like if you just put footage of, of projects you've written, is that a thing? No, I mean, no, I don't think there is. Like, I literally think that all they have are actor reels, uh, directing reels, and that's it. Like, and like I, maybe editing reels. Right? I don't know. But, like, really, I mean, as far as I know, there's no producer's reels, usually. There's, or writer reels. Well, there is now, baby. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. I said there is now, baby. Yep. Uh, exactly, there is, and I love it. So I'm okay with that. Um, well, where can the wait? But, it's on your YouTube channel. Not only do I want to see it, I think everyone else should go look at it. So how do we find it? Uh, I think it's it's on, on one of my just like up Jonathan A. Moody um, on YouTube. I think it's somewhere. It, there's there's like there's it, it shows up like one of the first ones if you look that up. So, um, okay. So people can find it. People can find it out there, just like they can find yours. You know, which I hope yeah, they do. Yeah. And I oh, hope it. You. I hope this helps get you cast in more. Um, you know, uh, you know. So now I'm going to tell you real quick one of my pet peeves, and then I want you to tell me one of your pet peeves about uh, in the film industry. One of my pet peeves is act film today, and it drives me nuts. It's it, it, I was cast. You know, there's no casted, cast. You know what I mean? Like that just ah, yes. it bothers me yes. sometimes when I see it. Yes, because cast is the past tense. I was cast right? in a in a film. I was cast on a show. Yes, I agree. And I and sometimes uh, my my mom told me once she was like, you know what, Megan, you have to remember in life that people don't love being corrected, right? And so right. sometimes I choose not to say something. And usually when I do say something, people get offended or they're like, well, no, casted is a word and like whatever. But I have lately just been like, let it go. But Jonathan, yes, amen. It is not a word. Casted is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> people should not say that anymore. Just if you're going to say, if you're going to say you're uh, cast in a film, say I was cast. In a film, do not uh, say I was casted. But let's hear one of your what are what are one of your pet peeves in the film industry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see. I feel like my biggest it's a pet peeve that I understand why people do. But so my biggest pet peeve is when people over exaggerate their accomplishments. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. So. And it's tough because we've all been there. And, like, so right now when I'm on the show right now talking to you about, like, ridiculousness and I want to talk to you about um, another horror short film that's coming out. And, like, I'm obviously going to focus on my accomplishments because you didn't have me come on this podcast as a guest to be like, oh, I don't do anything. No, my life sucks. You want to talk about the highlight. Um, But I feel like in other situations where you're just normally talking to someone, especially in Los Angeles, and you're not on a podcast or being interviewed, you're just meeting people. I just don't understand why people have to over-exaggerate and, like, name drop and and make it seem like they're so much bigger than they are. Like, be proud of the work you've done. Um, 
acknowledge that you want to do better, but you don't need to lie. Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, just, or, so you're saying they lie. Well, so, yeah, so it'll be things like, um, it'll be, for example, someone could say, you know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I acted in a, in a film with Brad Pitt, right, where in reality they were an extra in a Brad Pitt movie when he wasn't even on set that day. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you did act in a movie with Brad Pitt, but you never physically saw him, and also blurry in the background. So, like, it's where they stretch the truth, I guess. That's where I have an issue. So you're saying that I can't go around L.A. telling people that I was in a movie with Brian Krause from Charmed. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Which movie is this? And explain, explain, explain. <laughs> okay. So I was a uh, extra, you know, I was a zombie in a movie called Plan 9. It was a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, Brian Krause was the main guy in that movie. However, yeah, I did not have any scenes with Brian Krause, you yep. know, but, you know, I got to play a zombie in a movie that Brian Krause was in. So I can literally say that I was in a movie with him, but, yes, I would have to clarify that, yes, I have no scenes with him. Actually, well, technically, I sort of do, um, even though we weren't on oh. the same day. You know, um, there's a scene oh, yeah, where yeah. he's running and they see all the, they set these zombies on fire and stuff or whatever. And I was around the, you know, the, one of the zombies around at the time, you know, like walking, I did not get set on fire. Um, <laughs> that would have been cool, but I did not have any experience in that. So I did not do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I saw, I saw them happening, happening. So I think, if that if I'm correct, I did sort of, you know, I am in that, you know, but um, you can't you can't see you know you wouldn't know that, that the only reason that my friend Chrissy knows that I was in that scene is because we were both in that scene together, you know, or yep, whatever. Right. So she remembers that. But like anybody else sees that, they'll remember the other scene that you can clearly see my face and you know as a zombie. So anyway, well, I point is. I would make an exception for you because you're awesome. But anyone oh, else cannot no. <laughs> But see that's a that's a difference. I wouldn't actually do that. Look, I wouldn't I wouldn't go around saying I was in a movie. Like I mean, if somebody looked me up and said, Oh my god, you're in you know, you're in that movie and, and Brian Krauss is in it, you know, that's awesome, you know. Um but other than that, no, I, I would I would yeah, never go around know. saying that. Because you can't imply, oh, he was my scene partner. Although I guess technically, again, I guess if you're an extra in a scene with someone, you are their scene partner. But it, you know, you know what I mean. I just I wish that people right. were just more honest. There are times when people are like, hey, what are you working on right now? And I say, you know what, work's been really slow. I'm really proud of some of the stuff I've done, and I'm hoping to find some new work. But right now, it's kind of slow. Versus people constantly feeling like say they're doing something like. We're all in this together. We all know how hard it is and how difficult it can be to steadily get work. Like, acknowledge it. I I don't know. But then people don't want them to think, like, oh, I'm not talented or I'm a has-been or I'm not getting work, and then maybe they won't hire me, et cetera, et cetera. But I just wish the world was filled with a little bit more honesty, Jonathan. Well, I mean, and, yeah, it, 
it goes to the uh, the plight of the working actor of like constantly um, trying to be to be known somewhere or whatever, and knowing that your right now is not the best time, but um, hopefully the next job will come. You know, and I get it, and I I'm probably going against what every like acting coach or professor ever tells you is like you have to sell yourself, right? Like always put forth. Like, you're a product, you have to sell yourself, you have to talk about your features, but maybe talk about features that are real versus, like, over-exaggerated, you know? I actually got in trouble because I was doing an Indiegogo, and I was raising the Indiegogo, and we were on, uh, I was on a podcast, and I was underselling the project, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy, I'm not going to say who, but this guy that was helping me with the, helping me with the funding, right? was like texting me as I was on the podcast. It was like, what are you doing? Oh, no. that. Like, you know, don't, don't undersell it, you know, like oversell it, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm like you, Megan, I'm like a realist, you know, like, I don't want, I don't want to like make, I mean, like, I don't want to lie or something, you know, but I mean, you yeah. know, like it's, it's tough. I'm in general not a very like braggy kind of person, and so maybe maybe I need to find a happy middle, right? Because I don't want to ever come across as braggy. So maybe sometimes I undersell myself um, where I should be at least, you know, whatever. But I guess I just have this fear because we all know that one person who thinks they're God's greatest gift on earth, and like even though they're really not that successful, talks about like being best friends with Justin Bieber and like. You know, stuff that's not real, and they're so braggy, and it's just like, oh, you're lying, or it's not, you're exaggerating, and I just never want to be that person. But, yeah, I guess, Jonathan, when you or I are on a podcast or doing an interview to promote work, we should probably speak highly of it. Yeah. Well, also, I guess, yeah, it is pretty bad when somebody does come on and, uh, you know, come on a podcast, and they're like, yeah, my movie's okay. Right. Well, you know, like, if you don't believe in the project. Why should I? Like, of course, I have no desire to see it if you don't even care about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Jackie and I are hanging out, and Jackie Hall is a is a good friend of mine, and you met her uh, when we hung out and everything. And we were hanging out yeah, last yeah. night, and we had a really good kind of because we were talking about Jim Carrey and his career. We we're doing a video about that, and um, the thing that I brought up that was kind of interesting, I thought, and I, I feel like this is something that you and I can talk about real quick, but there was that, um, uh, was it, do you remember Kick-Ass 2? Kick-Ass 1 is with Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, that those Kick-Ass movies, but the there's like the mm-hmm. second one, Kick-Ass 2. No. I mean, I know um, of it, but no, I've, I've not seen it. Well, uh, Jim Carrey was in the second one. And he played like I think he was like one he was like one of the superheroes that was you know whatever right and he it was violent okay. it's a violent movie and it had kids in it kind of teenagers in it and everything including Chloe you know and um, there was uh, a school shooting or something like right literally right before Kick Ass you know got you know put out and everything and Jim Carrey decided not to promote it. You know, because he didn't want to, 
you know, um, and obviously, like, in his contract, probably it says you need to promote the project and, you know, like, to you know, right? And he refused yeah. to go on any of the any of the late night talk shows and he refused to do anything because he didn't want to promote gun violence, you know, especially with kids involved, I believe, you know, like he and, and stuff. So what are you, what is your thought on that? Do you think that was, that was the righteous thing to do or do you think that was the kind of a, a you know, uh, kind of just an actor being an actor kind of thing? I guess, so I wish I was more familiar with the film and maybe the, the shooting, the scenario. Um, here, Okay, so I guess my thing is you have to stand up for what's right, even if you're standing alone. That's like a huge, like, phrase and motto that I try to live my life by, and sometimes it's difficult, especially when um, – I'm an actor because there's, I want to act. I just want to do anything I can to act. And there was even this really awesome film that I saw was being made. And I reached out to the director fairly recently and was like, I want to be a part of this in any way. Um, Can I audition? And I auditioned and I got the part and I was so stoked. But when I got the script, for whatever reason, and I won't really get into it, it just morally didn't sit well with me. And I had already said I was going to do the film, but I shouldn't have done that before I read the script. And I just, thought about it for a while and had some conversations with the director and the producer and eventually I just had to say, you know what, even though I want to be an actor and these people would be great connections to have in the indie film industry, I have to say no, because I just don't think it's right. Um, And that's always a hard decision to make. And so if Jim Carrey felt like it's not, even though I wanted to be a part of this and I did it and I made lots of money and it was great at the time I thought it was right. But now I honestly don't think it's right. And I'm afraid what it would do for other children seeing it as far as, you know, increasing violence, et cetera. I think he has the right to do that. He, he acted in it. He did his job. Hopefully just using his name gets butts in seats. But at that point, if he feels morally uncomfortable doing press, then I think that he should be allowed to not do it. You know? Well, that's a, that's a really great answer to that. I like that. You know, and I totally agree. And I think that was that was Jackie's thought too. Was just that you know what? I mean, I can I can understand you know wanting to to not do it because morally that he's against it. You know, now even though yeah. he agreed to do it and did the movie, like he acted in the movie, it was shot. You know, everything was done. He just didn't feel like giving you know, the promotion to it would, would be good. But honestly, I don't know if that helped or hurt the movie at all because, you know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, there was a lot of press saying that he refused to do. There's a lot of press about him. There's a lot of press about him not do doing it. Yeah. Yeah, about not mm. doing it. And so I don't know if that helped or hurt because I would imagine that people would, look at that and go, wait, Jim Carrey doesn't want to promote this movie? Either some people will go, oh, man, it must be a bad movie, or some people will go, uh, man, that's that's interesting. I want to see the movie that Jim Carrey doesn't even want people to see, you know? Sure. <laughs> Whatever, right? might have gotten more attention to it than he had hoped, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Who knows? You know? He's in a tough position, too, because, I mean, things things 
change. They're always evolving and changing. And so he was in a different place at the beginning of shooting that film than he was at the release of it. So, I mean, you have to respect that. But, yeah, that's tricky if you've also signed a contract, which, like you said, I'm sure he did, to do certain press junkets. I mean, I don't know. That's something you got to look into with lawyers and, like, be like, if I do this, can I sleep well at night? Is is money more important to me? And I'm, I think it's always respectful when people decide it's not, <laughs> you know, but – it's tough. Well, that's the thing with horror, you know, um, horror films, you know. We yeah. we kind of, yeah. a, a lot of people get slack because horror is violent, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no matter what, we're promoting violence. Oh, man, I know. And I also, like, you know, there's a couple times where my friends are, like, it's kind of disturbing that you like stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm, but I think that to me, especially in horror films, it's just clearly so fictional. Like, I think that's why I always am okay with it because to me, there's never fully an element of realism um, because it's a fictional movie I'm watching. If I'm watching a documentary of people being murdered all the time, that's one thing, but like horror films, are fictional they're supposed to be an escape and you're supposed to you know i don't know some people enjoy the the thrill of like fear and that's a lot of it not necessarily the joy of watching people be murdered and i think some people get confused about that i think that the fact that it is not real is what makes it fun i I don't know I, i understand that too what are your thoughts on that jonathan well i mean obviously fantasy like, you know, most of the time. Uh, but, I mean, I do understand people that don't like those movies like Saul or something where somebody can literally kidnap somebody. And, you know, like it's a real thing that could happen, you yeah. know, and stuff. Because then it also gives people the thought like, oh, I could do that. I could go and invade somebody's home. I could invade yeah. somebody's home. I could kidnap this person and, and, and torture sure. them, you know. Um but then in the end of the day, it's a movie. Right. And then it's like, well, if you're going to say that about every, like you could say something like that about every movie that's made. And at the end of the day, we're not necessarily responsible people. Like everyone is responsible for themselves and should be held accountable for themselves. And so if they watch a movie and that inspires them, do I don't know. It's, I was thinking about, have you seen, did you see the new Joker, the movie with Joaquin Phoenix? I haven't yet. And um, uh, I'll just say the reason why I haven't yet is because I haven't had uh, a chance to watch it at the house, you know, because I didn't go see it in the theater. I wanted to, but just things, you know, got gotten hectic uh, with my move and all the stuff that was happening. So, um, but I wanted to go see it on video and my roommate is not a fan of Joaquin Phoenix. Um oh. don't don't ask me why. There's a lot of political, you know, things that go along with it. But um because of that I just haven't I haven't brought it home to watch, you know, yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well I do I want to see it though. I I have seen it, highly recommend it. I think Joaquin's performance is actually some of the best acting I've personally ever seen um i thought the film was incredible now i remember though when it was first coming out there was a lot of press about the fact like 
is this really the movie the world needs right now? Because it basically talks about someone, you know, a, a single white man, you know, killing people because he's bullied, et cetera. Um, and like, what is that telling people? And it's just such a shame because when I watch the film, it's so beautiful and it's about so much more than that. Yeah, there's always that risk that someone's going to see that and get inspired and want to be just like the Joker. But in the same regard, someone's going to play video games and then want to be just like that. Or someone's going to listen to music and want to do what some of those horrific songs say. Like, I just at a certain point, you have to say, it's, it's not our fault someone has interpreted it in that way. Like, we made a fictional piece that was meant to be entertainment, you know? Um, exactly. I don't know. It's hard. I struggle, too, Jonathan. Definitely a struggle. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock had said this. This was one of my favorite quotes from him uh, because he was, uh, he was asked about Psycho, right? Psycho had come out, mm-hmm. and somebody had murdered uh, four people. Right. And the third after the third, you know, on the third person, he had just finished watching Psycho, you know, right. And murdered, you Mm -hmm. know, murdered a person. So, uh, you know, the person asked about that, the, 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 you know, interviewer asked and his response was, uh, well, my question is, what was the, what was the thing he watched after the, you know, um, what was the the thing he did uh, before the second person he murdered? You know, maybe he, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he just brushed his teeth and decided to go murder somebody. You know, that's what he said, yeah. you know, like it, it wasn't yeah. the movie that did it. He was that guy was probably going to murder somebody regardless of what regardless. he thought, you know. Sure. Um, so it's, it's, you know, so somebody actually dressed up like the Joker back in. Uh, was it 2007 or whatever when uh, Dark, uh, Dark Knight came out? They dressed up like the Joker and started shooting people out of theaters. So I know it, it's what it's gonna happen whether or not a movie's about it. It's just you know sometimes it you know like I think all the Jokers generally uh, aside from the last one before Joaquin. Um, Jared <laughs> performance is just <laughs> that was not Joker to me. Right. That was that was, that was yeah, something else. <laughs> um, and that he he probably gets a lot of crap for that, but like I mean he, he I, I I give him I give him give him something for for trying, but it just it that was not that was not my Joker. Hashtag not my Joker. Um, but <laughs> he was. He was awful, but um, but he like most most of the Jokers have had something about them that was about the time, you know. Sure. And and everything and and could be relatable in some way or another. Um, and I think that um, you know, Joaquin doing that at that time was a freaking amazing ballsy thing. You know, Todd Phillips writing that film. Like, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard so many great things, you know, which really scares me because, you know, always hype, hype, hype. You never know. But I'm I'm pretty sure oh, I'm going to sure. enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. No, you it was know? one of those movies where right when I finished it, I was like, okay, I need to rewatch that immediately right now again. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was like amazing. But, okay. So let me know when you see it. But 
regardless, yes. I mean, it's tough learning how responsible and accountable filmmakers are for their audience's actions. And I think that's something that we're constantly learning as a society. And, you know, you got to take it day by day. And at the end of the day, just as long as you feel like you've done something morally right for you, then I think that's okay. But if you're ever struggling, I think that's a big indicator that, like, maybe something's not Probably right. Probably not and a good idea. You... Yeah. 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 Um, um, but I last... think of violence. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> Speaking of murdering and violence, I do want to tell you about a short film that I'm in. It's another horror film um, that I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you about and I wanted to tell the horror community about called Slice and Dice. Ooh. Um, okay. Yes. And so it was written and made by this awesome guy, Thomas Haley, and he was approached by a board game company who was creating a horror-themed board game that's going to be called Slice and Dice. and they said to Thomas, they said, yo, well, they probably didn't say yo. They said, hey, um, we want you to make a film, a short film, kind of advertising our game, but instead of an ad, have it be an actual film with a beginning, middle, and end. And so he did it. It's a little bit under 10 minutes. Um, it's currently hitting the festival circuit, and pretty soon it should be available on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Um, and then also nice. the board game should be coming out soon as well. Hopefully they'll be able to coincide. But I was so happy to get to be a part of it. Um, and I think it's really cool, and I think you would love it too, Jonathan, because it basically starts as two girls, me and this other actress, and we're playing a card game. Um, and then basically the card game transforms into, like, we're kind of avatars in the game, so the girl kind of acts out this whole scenario um, as if she was in a horror board game. And it's so freaking fun, and I was really happy to be a part of it, and I definitely wanted to give that one a shout-out because I think it's got some really cool stuff. I will definitely have to ask Thomas if he can send me a link to it and I can review it for Short Film Saturday that we do for Indie oh. Film Cafe. That would be excellent. I would love that. You know, oh, that that sounds amazing. like a fun movie. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, Do you know Thomas? Oh yeah, I know Thomas. You know, I don't know. I'm like, um, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like best friends with him or anything. But like, I like uh, we're we're Facebook friends, and um, him and his uh, daughter Brooklyn. You know, so yeah, um, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. was Brooklyn's the lead. She's the lead of the movie, and she's the girl I play a board game with, and or this card game, and then she gets transported into it, which is fun. So yeah. That's sure. awesome. Yes, you should definitely definitely watch it, review it. Um, it's been doing pretty well in some of the festivals, which is fun. And it's always just fun to do, like, a silly, bloody, scary, slice-and-dicey kind of horror film. <laughs> um, are you going to be at the Pasadena Film Festival? When is that? <laughs> it's like... I think it's like a it's like almost like a week long thing, but it starts I think this weekend. I'm not it's sure. Long. It goes it go. I know I'm gonna be there because I got tickets to see um, a screening of like a block of shorts, and one of the shorts is Wrightwood that uh, Rachel um, got. Uh, Rachel, oh my God, Amanda Bryant uh, is in. So. Uh, oh, cool! That's yeah, awesome. I don't have plans as of now, but now that you're saying it, 
I'm also in another short film that's been doing some festivals right now. It's called Me Too Nice. Um, but it's not a horror film. It's like a satirical dark comedy. Um, and now that you mentioned, I feel like it might be playing at that festival. So I should look into that. But that's directed by Jamie Anderson. And it's another wonderful short film that should be available on streaming platforms soon. So um, everyone listening should, if you, if you, what you should do is you should watch Slice and Dice. Okay. And then right after it, watch Me Too Nice so that you can feel a little more lighthearted and actually sleep at night. <laughs> it's usually what we, I right. do. I'll watch that's, a horror a film plan. and then afterwards I watch a comedy so that I feel better. <laughs> I don't know, though. You said it's a dark comedy. I mean, will I still be feeling uh, feeling good after it? Yep. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. <laughs> there's no murder, so at least there's that. <laughs> okay, well, it's just that, yeah. But it's so funny because now that um, I'm living with a roommate, I'm out in L.A. where I'm not, like, nor you know, I'm not in my bubble, you know. Um, right, right. But my roommate will sometimes go stay over at a friend's house like she is tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to be alone in a house, you know, an apartment. And already there is a noise in the <laughs> cupboard. And I'm like, a popping noise. And I was like... I was afraid. I was talking to you, and I was hearing it. I was like, where is that coming from? I could tell it was coming from the cupboard. So I was like, oh, shit, is there, like, a mouse in here, you know, or something? And I op- and I was like, I'm, like, slowly opening the door. There's something going on with, like, it's the pipes or something that's in there? I don't know. Um, popping. That sounds great. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, well, you are in a crime-ridden city now, so <laughs> welcome to Los Angeles. You're coming through my pipe? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, no, I'm not worried, I do. I'll, you know, I'll protect oh, this house if I have to. They're smart out here. I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope well, anyway, we got about four to... minutes left. Um, you talked about the some of the short films that you've got going on. Do you have anything else that you wanted to p- promote? Well, so I've mentioned it before in the podcast. Um, last year when I was a co-host, but so I'm in the Jennifer franchise, which is um, four movies about a character named Jennifer. Um, I was in the third installment, which is called From Jennifer, and I'm also in the fourth installment called For Jennifer, Um, and although it's in post, it still doesn't have an exact release date, so I talked to the director, Jody Barton, and we're still waiting on some, like, distribution stuff, which is always frustrating and fun. You know how that goes. Um, but if yep. people want to just look out for for Jennifer, F-O-R, Jennifer, um, and when that comes out, I think that fans of the franchise will enjoy that too. So I just want to mention that. But follow me on all social media as well. It's at Meg Deanna, and I constantly post about if there are ways to view any of my work. Awesome. That's, that's great. I Honestly, I think I think we... I discovered you, uh, you know, uh, from Jennifer, um, from Jennifer, um, and everything. I and I loved it. I love that you played like a vlogger. I thought that was so cute. Um, you yeah. know that I mean, uh, I just uh, and and the fact that you could basically do that for real though. You're really good. Like you could be a real vlogger if you had one. You know, like if you, I think you yeah. you you don't have enough time. <laughs> you know, you're constantly right. working. Yeah. 
I got to I got to reprise being a vlogger too. She's still a vlogger in the fourth one too. So it is always fun to get to play roles like that. I thought about it, but yeah. I'd rather stick to like sketch comedy and I don't know if my life is interesting as people. I don't know. You know when people are like, oh, and today I went to Target and blah, blah. I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't know. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I, you know, I miss you, honestly, honestly. and I think, I, I feel bad because, like, the last, uh, the last, like, one that we did, we didn't really get to have, like, a goodbye, you know, for you, you know, or whatever, like, so, but you got busy with, with, with life, you know, and we're very excited for you, so thank you thank so you much so for much. coming on. I'm so happy to get to come on on the, the premiere, if you will, and to talk to you again. Love you. Love your work. Everyone should listen to all of Jonathan's podcasts. He's such a hard worker, and you're going to see great things from him now that he's in LA. Oh, we're going to do, we're going to do stuff together. We're, we're, we're going to get work together. I can't wait. So, I can't wait <laughs> right, Well, thank you. Well, thank you, and say, say hello to Curtis for me. I will. I will. <laughs> all right. You have a good night. Okay, you too, Jonathan. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.